a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Hello, listeners. Welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast. My name is Kim Hamer. And today I have again taken the hosting chair because we are going to be treated to another conversation with our podcast host extraordinaire, Paul Lowe. Thanks for joining us, Paul. How are you? <laughs> Exasperated at that um, <laughs> at that introduction. I mean, wow! How do I follow that? Um, I think I think you know you need to take this up professionally, Kim, with an intro like that. I mean, wow! Talk about feel fifteen foot tall before we even start. <laughs> well, I, you know, I like to you know make you feel great, so you are just ready for whatever conversation and questions happen. Okay, mission accomplished then. Excellent, excellent. So how are you doing today? You in a good place? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm always in a good place, even when uh, even when the lights are out, Kim. Um, I'll find a candle from somewhere. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, as we talked a little bit off air, we were talking about an important milestone that's that's just come to pass. So this episode of Mastering the Game of Life is actually number 253. Which means you've just celebrated um, your 250th podcast in the last 10 days to two weeks. So we thought we'd talk about milestones today. We we chatted about that. So I'm just going to open it up to you, Paul. Um, How do you feel about this 250 as a milestone? Um, That's a great question. And and I'm going to answer that initially by, I suppose, how I am, you know, the, the key word they're being supposed, supposed to feel. Because I think, you know, in anybody's language, 250 is, is a is a good significant milestone. And, you know, let's put that in some context of time. That's in around 18 months, you know, so it's not like it's been done over 10 years or or five minutes at the other end of the scale. It's, you know, it's been done efficiently i think in terms of time so i suppose there's two answers to your question uh kim this how are you know we as individuals through our conditioning through our human conditioning we celebrate birthdays we celebrate all kinds of milestones and there's a certain expectation isn't there that with that we are and i'll use that word again supposed to feel react act a certain way um so there's, that's the one side of the coin. The practicalities of what's happened is obviously on episode 250, you know, there was that. Um, I think it's absolutely crucial in life that we celebrate our, our little wins, our, our big wins and, you know, immerse in the moment. And yet again, the key word for me there is in the moment rather than dwelling on. You know, there's an old football cliche of, you know, when the the whistle blows at five o'clock, it's over. Um, I don't think the average football supporter, particularly if they've had a, you know, a a victory of one of their arch rivals, they'll probably carry that on for weeks, if not months. Um, For me, what I've learned to do is embrace the moment, really enjoy it and the significance of that 250th and then move on from it. Because now I'm looking at the next 250. Now that's an exciting proposition. The next two fifty. So, mm. what do you, when you say the next two fifty, what what's there? What you know? Do you have plans, or is there just sort of this possibility and and intention out there? And yet again, Kim, you've hit the nail right on the head on the head there by using that word intention. 
One of the things yet again that I've learned over the years to do is to set strong intentions rather than plans because the latter for me personally, and I know there are different sort of uh, trains of thought on this, can be a very down, a quick downward slope, um, you know, to, to all kinds of, uh, yeah, dark, depressing things. And I speak from experience there. So for me, what I do, I set an intention. I look over, you know, towards the horizon. I am going in that direction. I'm following that direction. What twists and turns are on the way, I can... I can try and legislate for, but as we know, to use an old saying, life gets in the way. And, um, you know, <laughs> what really happens as opposed to what we think, uh, you know, wherever wherever that comes from, whether that's from a place of ego or, you know, or even of neutrality. What happens and what unfolds is is usually six times different to what we think within our human um, within our human constraint so intention is absolutely where it's at for me that's really interesting i'm going to ask you just if you can think back to when you first started the podcast actually mm. and mm. do you remember what your you know what your intention was there can you share that with us <laughs> wow i know <laughs> yeah yeah um <laughs> It's it's ironic, and I've mentioned this many times before, listeners, have I not, around the very first podcast episode was actually, I mean, you know, the first, when we, when we started the podcast, as I say, 18, 19, 20 months ago, it was actually called what it is now, Mastering the Game of Life. And the very first episode, if you recall, for those listeners that, um, you know, followed it all the way through, was actually called Mastering the Game of Life is as simple as A, B, C. And, you know, of all the all the episodes that I've done, um, it's funny how that very, very first one is the one that really sticks in my mind. And, uh, you know, the, I know the power of the ABC generally, but to, to answer your question, Kim, um, to go back to that, it's uh, I can remember the preparation I did for it because I'd never done a podcast before. I did eight pages of prep notes. Wow. The podcast itself was around 12, 13 minutes because it was me solo. I, the first few, half a dozen or so, I did solo. It was just me talking about, you know, whatever views on life I had or whatever experiences I wanted to share. And I did these eight these eight eight and a half pages of prep notes um you know based on what if what if what if and <clears throat> it, excuse me when i actually did the podcast and and i thought because oh, i'm a great believer as i've said about living in the moment i listened back to it and i thought oh paul oh ouch and um but what I did, Kim, I, I ripped up those eight pages of uh, script notes, prep notes. It's like never again, never again. From now on, I'm going to do my podcasts the way I live my life. In the moment, carpe diem, seize the moment, whatever it is. And this is why I use, you know, sometimes uh, emotion, well, often emotional language like dancing and flirting and being in the moment. Because you never know when you're on that dance floor of life what's going to present and it's being able to react to that being in the moment you know even if things go dramatically wrong that's fine you know i've done a lot of podcasts where there's been um things like milk bottles being knocked over and cats meowing and dogs barking and the postman ringing the doorbell and all um you know all kinds of weird and wonderful things and there's only once where i've asked the team to edit only once um, and that was because of a, a little bit of a domestic going off in the background. And I thought, you know, I'm all into authenticity, but, you know, do the, the listeners really want to capture that couple sort of having a real set to? He's like, mm, <laughs> maybe that was pushing authenticity a little bit too far. Yeah. And maybe that couple didn't want to go global <laughs> with, their, <laughs> with their domestic. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a story there. I mean, it's at the risk of saying, and this is a bit, in fact, it's very much tongue in cheek. Um, it's my ball. And if you, you know, if you want to kick it, 
then you know, and you want to play with my ball, then then kick it the way I want to kick it. Um, I don't know why I said that because it's totally not what I do. I always have the respect and empathy. I was trying to be humorous. I seem to be going through this phase, uh, Kim, of you know injecting a lot of humor into our podcasts, and uh, I've done them recently. And uh, whilst I think they're funny, um, well, I'll let the, I'll let the listeners decide. Um, but anyway, we digress. Yeah. We digress. It's a bit like the old the the saying I know is like. You know, if if I don't like it, I'll take my bat and ball and I'll go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and I really don't know why I even alluded to that because that's absolutely not what I do. But still, anyway. No, that's that's certainly not my experience of you. Um, you know, there's it's interesting. We talk about um, the dance of the conversation quite a lot. And uh, mm. funny story is, is I ballroom danced and Latin danced for years in my 20s and um I always got told off for leading that I had to let the man lead me, which was, I found really difficult. And now I get onto these um, podcasts and I think, um, you know, we've done quite a few of them now and this is only my second time hosting. So it's only the second time I've, I've kind of led. So I'm, I'm practicing both sides of the spectrum. I like to say. <laughs> and that's in it. Very interesting metaphor, Kim, that you've just shared with us there. So I suppose, I mean, if I can just be allowed to, for the benefit of our listeners, go into sort of coach question mode of, first of all, why was it in your earlier days that, you know, I mean, please forgive my ignorance around ballroom dancing, for example, um, that I don't know, is it traditional for the man to lead in? I know it is in a lot of dancers, but is it in that particular genre of ballroom dancing that the man does lead? Yes, it is. And it doesn't yeah. work if 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 the the if if I say the man, I mean whoever's in the male role of the pairing. Mm. Um mm. yeah. Some it's kind of like someone has to lead, and because of the way the dance the dancers are structured, um, it's the the male role, if you like. The, the, the male mm. partner that that needs to lead it really doesn't work if the other person leads <laughs> okay so sort of clarifying that then it, it begs an interesting question into the you know the the energies and the needs that we have as humans so from a level of awareness uh, kim that i'm sure is far in excess of what it was in your 20s you know you've been five or six years older now <laughs> <laughs> Charming as ever, Paul. That was really yeah. that was a really funny one. <laughs> I was tempted to say the humour worked there, but the humour would then dilute the compliment, wouldn't it? It would. I best yeah, let I me, best shut yeah, up, yeah, eh? Yeah. Let I me let up. me bask. Let me bask. Go on. <laughs> um so yeah, what why was it then, Kim, from your I suppose subsequent level of awareness, why you know that that leading hat was was predominantly coming from yourself. Is there is there uh, is there an awareness around that, or was it just well, this is the way it is. This is what I do. I think it, a bit of both, actually. It's a great question. I was um, I grew up in a um, in a, a family and a mindset that was if you're going to make it happen, you need to go and do it yourself. You know, mm. that kind of thing. So that that was you know, that was so intrinsic to who I was. I didn't even realize that there was any other way. And how could anybody ever be success in life if they weren't this way? And I think as, mm. um, you know, as I've gotten older and worked out that, gosh, I don't know everything and I'm not great at everything and all of those kind of things, um, the, you know, the ballroom dancing metaphor is a great one to use. I remember, I'd been dancing for a few years and I, I did some low, lower level competitions with partners and I was in between partners and having a lesson with um, one of my teachers and he just put on the music and I'd been dancing for a while and he said, no routine. He said, let's just dance. And he was, he'd been born dancing for years and, you know, was sort of tall and lean and all of that. And we danced this waltz and it was like he swept me around the floor and I just followed him. And mm. it was it was just such a beautiful experience. I think the both of us stopped and went, wow, that was amazing. Um, and that still sticks really strongly in my mind. You know, we're, we're talking about celebration and, and milestones a bit, I guess, today. And that comes up as a, it's a real um, sort of milestone in those ballroom dancing years. I still remember it really, really vividly, sort of sweeping around that 
um, that empty ballroom studio. And on that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Musical note. Can I just implore you, Kim, in future to refer to me as Twinkle Toes Low? I'll give it my due and careful consideration. Thank you. Um, um, words fail me. Yeah. Words fail me. Oh, they won't. They won't for long. That they won't for long. It's fine. So uh, I think it's um, you know it's a really interesting you know where we've where we've kind of gone with this into you talked really early when we talked about um, how how it you know how it feels to celebrate a milestone and you talked about mm. being in the moment, um, which um, I have that's something I have learnt the joy of um in recent mm. years but you also talked about all the things we should feel or that supposed to feel and we've talked about shooting a fair bit um, on our various conversations so let you know i'd like to explore that a little bit you know what did you what did you know what did you think you were supposed to feel did you you know feel a pressure to do or say certain things one of the things um from again, from an awareness perspective, is you, and, and I still do it now because occasionally I'll listen back to you know one particular. I'll, I'll every now and again I'll pick an episode out just at random and I'll deep dive on it and it and I'll just come up with a number of I don't know off the top of my head a number that may have presented itself for whatever reason. So I don't know thirty six or forty eight or one hundred and thirty seven or whatever it is. It's right. Okay, that's the episode, and I want to play that three or four times to take the learning from it. And there's a mixture of, you know, the early days and the more recent days, just as I say, to deep dive. And one of the things that's been very consistent in that, Kim, and I was very aware of it from day one, about we shouldn't, um, 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 and what are the, and we shouldn't use cliches and, you know, beware of the repeat words. And, and I'm very aware of one of the things I say a lot, apart from, you know, using I suppose, semi-intimate language around flirting, dancing and, you know, and all this kind of stuff um, um, is, is the word kinder. I kind of use that a lot, you know, it's, it's kind of very prevalent in my and I went through a phase of being, I suppose, conscious about a pattern. And, and that happened with an age thing as well. So it's not just about the podcast. And then I just got over it and I thought it's part of me. It's who I am. It's what I do. You know, I'm not being paid thousands and thousands of euros, dollars, pounds or whatever to present the news on international TV. You know, this is raw. This is authentic. Milk bottles do get knocked over. You know, I've had a conversation very recently, Kim, with somebody that was questioning, uh, you know, I suppose uh, my previous approach to things, which was arguably deemed quite a lot softer and more... This is going back to speaking from our hearts, which was the obviously the podcast title before Mastering the Game of Life reverted back. And I said to this person that that was a phase that I went through. And I think it's very indicative that as we learn lessons and our, and our awareness increases, we find ourselves going into, I don't know if subplot is the right word, but we go into our subphase even. But I had a year embracing that really powerful being uh, and dare I say that divine feminine energy that went with the culture that was speaking from our hearts and it was beautiful and it was necessary but it was only a part of who I naturally am so I think I use that as an example to say that you know the milestones are a number it's a bit like a birthday. Um, nice segue for you there, Kim, by the way. Um, anyway, we'll come to that in a moment. <laughs> um, we, we use these, they're certainties, aren't they? You know, we, we can see a figure on a paper, on a piece of paper, on a record or whatever, you know, 250, it's there in black and white or whatever colour ink it may be. Um, but for me, that's the very, very smaller part of, Okay, but what does this really, really mean? Forget the number, because isn't it true that statisticians, politicians particularly, they can make a living out of, uh, and I am going to say manipulating figures, massaging figures. Um, no apologies for if that sounds controversial. It's my views, my truth. I'll own it. 
Um, so numbers that you know the 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 quantitative side, Kim, is for me a small part of it. Doesn't stop me enjoying that two fiftieth, um, you know, that episode, sharing that moment, as I've said. Um, but I move on from it very quickly and start moving forward. Yeah, I, I really like you know through that whole conversation, you were talking about how you when we when we started talking about should you talked about. Um, taking lessons from things. Mm. And I, mm. you know, in our conversations, um, I don't, I, I never feel like there's a should about the, the, the conversation that we have. I mean, look, I'm, you know, I want to be authentic as the host. I want to guide you well through a conversation. And I also want um, listeners to get something out of it. So I guess they're not so much shoulds, but they're, that's my intention. We talked about intentions before, and I know, Paul, that's very much your intention, but it, it's extraordinary um, when you step into a new space, how you, how you learn and how you grow and how things take a, a different path. You know, um, we, I, I can't remember, was it sort of September last, uh, last year, 2019, that we had our first podcast conversation together and we didn't know each other. And, you know, it was a real, you know, that was a real milestone for me, becoming part of, you know, your podcast family. And look, sort of, you know, what is it, 10, 11 podcasts later? I've, I've, pushed, mm. you, I've pushed you out of the chair for the second time. <laughs> see, see what you create. But, you, you know, I think that milestones are, are, are sometimes great when you, when you look back and go, oh, if I hadn't have taken that step and hadn't, you know, we can, we can honour the milestone without getting hung up by it but you're absolutely right about taking the learnings and also celebrating the moment of of the, of the milestone itself yeah absolutely and and then as i say taking that learning and and using the milestone as a stepping stone you know i've mentioned the the quantitative aspect i.e the number for me and i, I work in i love the old 80 20 rule of pareto analysis for me the 20 percent, the massively smaller part is the number on paper, the qualitative part in the heart, the learning, the connection. You've alluded to it, you know, with our our connection, Kim, in the space of less than a year. Um, you know, I certainly feel how massively different our, the dynamic of our relationship is. You know, that vulnerability that's exposed both in private and on podcasts. I hope listeners pick that up that, you know, um, that there's that safety, there's that reassurance, there's that although it's vulnerable, and I'm certainly prepared to, you know, to go out to the world, and I use I use this term, you know, lightly, but naked. And I mean naked emotionally, I mean naked spiritually, you know, just to go out there and say, Do you know what, Will? This is me. This is it. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, great. Because either way, to quote Shirley Bassey, um, that iconic song, and I've referred to this so many times before, uh, I, I urge you to check it out on, on YouTube when she sings, uh, as only Dame Shirley can, This Is My Life. And that's a message for every single one of us, I believe, on this planet. No matter whether we're young, old, black, white, gay, straight, rich, poor, it, there are only labels, they're irrelevant labels. But go out there and grab life by the scruff of the neck and, and speak your truth. And, you know, if there's a milestone attached to that, great. And if there's not, that's also great because there soon will be. Absolutely. I also think there's something in what you say about you don't have to necessarily build the milestones in, but when they happen, celebrate them and honour them. Uh, mm. So, uh, you know, earlier this year, uh, I've been working with um, two business partners uh, to launch something in the Middle East, a business in the Middle East. And when we actually went live on social media and and told the world that this is what we were doing there, there's something it's almost like you um you know you, you cross over the line there's no going back you're now out there you've now mm. said um this is what i'm doing i'm out here this is my intention and we go forward and there's something it's it, you know it's both scary and thrilling and liberating and um you know uh, it, there's there's an excitement about it um, that that I always love that sort of 
building something new. So, you know, that, that has been a new milestone because, you know, a couple of years ago, as far as I was concerned, I was a corporate girl. I, you know, I wasn't an entrepreneur and, you know, I've got a global coaching practice and now, you know, I've launched a, a second a second business. So, you know, who knew that would happen? But for me, it's about kind of taking a moment to go, can you believe I did this? This is awesome. And, and just living the moment. And then you move on to whatever the... The next thing is the next intention. It's it's emotional fuel, Kim, is it not? You know, when we have that success and we take that bow and we take that, you know, that pat on the back and in, indulge in that. Uh, I mean, that's critical, absolutely critical that we do that. And and yeah, I do. You know, as I've said um, in this conversation, that you know that is so. You know, I suppose it's a bit like doing hard physical training. The rest and recuperation, you know, having the day off is just as important, if not more important than actually putting yourself and breaking down all the, the muscles through, you know, through every physical exercise or whatever it is, you know, that you're doing. And that, and I think that's a great sort of parallel for saying what we're saying here, you know, yeah, work hard, get focused, develop your strategy, develop your intention and then one of the key things that I've learned as well through self-preservation, and boy, have I learned this the hard way, is let it go, which sounds a bit contradictory. So I had this conversation recently, Kim, where somebody said, uh, you know, OK, so, you know, how do you move forward this, this dilemma between intentions versus goals? And I said, for me, it's very simple. Set the intention. So where are you going? Devise a strategy, then let it go but you still have to take action, which might sound a bit contradictory. And when I say let it go, it's like, okay, I know I'm going to end up going in that direction, but factoring in that there's going to be twists and turns that, you know, might not have been accounted for. And that's part of the uncertainty, the scariness, the excitement of the journey. Because there's a train of thought, Kim, is there not, that the more uncertainty we can live with in our lives the higher the, you know, the higher the success rate, because by definition, there are un, undiscovered pots of gold in places we've never been before. If we can muster the courage to go there and have a look. I think that's a great um, analogy, actually, the undiscovered pots of gold. You know, I can speak to that personally. You know, we've just talked about, you know, the relationship we've developed through the podcast conversation and some of the other things um, that, you know, we're working on together away from this. Um, but a lot of people think the pot of gold is unreachable. So we've got this whole idea of the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and we're always supposed to chase it. So how do we, how do we keep ourselves moving forward when the end, you know, how do we make the, 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 the end or the intention uh, move us forward? What, what do you think? Well, how do you do that? Well, that's the that's the the answer to that is you know, I mean you can refer to it as leverage, but um, when we look at the human psychology model around, most of us are driven by the need to steer away from pain. Mm. You know, we we will do anything to avoid pain, and very few people are conversely are driven by the absolute need for pleasure. So. I don't particularly like the term, but if we can use the label for the purpose of this uh, this particular line of, of thought, Kim, around adrenaline junkies are, you know, they're massively inspired by jumping off mountaintops with bungee, bungee ropes attached to them and all that kind of thing. Um, those people are in the minority. The vast majority of the world's population are driven by that need to, to keep away from fear. Fear is something that has a grip on us. Um, and, and it's something from an early age that we we actually learn about it. Because if you take a newborn child and, you know, in those early stages that um, they're fearless, you could say they're unaware, they have no awareness. OK, but then we subject them to our human projections about, well, what we think, oh, you know, don't do this because, you know, I mean, some of the things that I was told as a, you know, as a kid, and I look back and I just think, wow, that's scary. You know, you're planting that, I don't want to say poison, in a child's mind. And, you know, so 
you know, to bring it back to your question, Kim, about what do we do? It's about yeah, we're coming back to the same thing, living life in the moment and realizing that everything that's gone off in the past, it's an experience. It's a bit right. You know, whether this this podcast, recording this podcast or writing uh, a book, if we don't like the chapter and we don't like the script, change it, just change it rather than being paralyzed by the memory. Yeah, but it's all right you saying that, Paul, because the thing is, if I make the same mistake again, well, why would you make the same mistake again? You know, I have this around relationship sort of dialogue a lot. Yeah, but I'm, I'm frightened to death that I'll still choose the same kind of partner. And just look at your opening few words there. I'm frightened to death. That's before you said anything else. Mm. And there is also a train of thought of how you do one thing is how you do everything. I mean, that that's a separate debate altogether. But, you know, once we've got that, you know, and I think you've, you, you know, we've used this metaphor before, Kim. If we walk around with dark glasses on, sunglasses, everything's going to appear dark. So why don't we just change it and say, do you know what? I wonder what it'd be like if I took these glasses off. And the world all of a sudden seems brighter. I love that analogy. I always have. And I love that whole thought of how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I think there's a whole other conversation in that, Paul, that we don't have time to do today. But perhaps we could come back and, and use that as a theme for another conversation in the future. Well, absolutely, Kim. But I'm going to, you know, I'm going to challenge mine host, if I may. You may. Um, to say that, uh, you know, obviously the focal point is around milestones, um, which generally denotes some element of time. Um, and as you know, listeners, most of the podcast, the vast majority are around the 30 minutes. I'm going to challenge mine host here to say, let's throw the clock out the window and let's just dance. Wow. So long as the, the dance is good. We will keep dancing. Okay. All right. I'll, ch I'll take that challenge on. Let's do it. Because um, I know we shouldn't do that, Kim. <laughs> well, we're, we're ignoring shoulds now, aren't we? <laughs> we're absolutely we are. Absolutely we are. Yeah. So I'm back, I'm back in your capable anyway. Oh, nice. Now you've thrown me off all my thinking and all my questions. And now I've gone into how I do life and like to be in control. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why that's why it was done but anyway. exactly exactly so interesting so let's let's think about this how you do one thing is how you do everything so let's talk about the milestone of you being the guest on your podcast mm. um the moment of that so you know it it happened on our last um sort of a couple of conversations ago so how do you how does that how I do one thing is how I do everything? How did that apply when you shifted chairs in that milestone? Mm, fantastic question. How did I shift? I think it's having that confidence, Kim, and that, you know, we, it's the same principle. You know, we, we've spoke about the six human needs and the, the, the first two around that need for certainty, for control, uh, which usually stems from insecurity because, and I know I speak from decades of experience, I will control everything. I will. What I'm really saying is I'm so vulnerable and insecure, I didn't step outside that safe zone. That's what I'm really saying when I say that. And as I say, I spent decades in that. And um, flipping that over into that... Um, into the opposite, you know, the, the vulnerability, the variety. It's about having that strength. And I suppose this is where Brenny Brown, the American renowned academic, when she propounds that our vulnerability is our strength, is our vulnerability. And it's having that courage, Kim, to think that, okay, and I'll go back to the Shirley Bassey iconic words, this is my life. You know, I've such a lot of love. Let me live. Let me live. And and that's it, really. And I think when you've got that inner knowing that actually the world can't hurt you, it, it can throw, you know, it can do what it wants to you, but it's not going to hurt you because you've got that, you've got that inner resolve, that inner knowing of just who you are. And when you've got that, you're prepared to go out there. You know, I had a saying years ago, and it, um, I never really understood why I was saying it, 
Um, it's interesting how these things come, you know, that they come to life after years and they make sense. But one of them was um, when you know who you really deeply, truly are, you can flirt with being something else. And I think that's what actors do, isn't it? You know, they play uh, a character. And isn't that a great metaphor for what we do in life? You know, if we regard ourselves as being on a stage of life and we're just playing a role. And if we don't like that role or it's not making us happy or we don't like the lead actor or actress that we're at, change it. Just change it. That's and it is that, you know, it is that simple, Kim, isn't it? It is. And in the words of the immortal bard, all the world's a stage and it's men and women mm. merely players. He, he, yeah. he had a, you know, it might be over 400 years ago, but um, a lot of um, Shakespeare's words still ring true very now. It's very um, sort of, uh, you know, he had a really deep, I think, uh, understanding of who we, who human beings are, who people are, what's intrinsic to us. And I think that's what stands the test of time, doesn't it? You know, mm. all the world's a stage and it's men and women really players. Do you know he was born and died on the same day? Yes, I did know that. Well, wow. there's a lot of, actually, I'd heard that. There's a lot of debate about the date he was actually born um, mm. when you when you read it. But, yeah, it's it's fascinating. There was a, um, a lot of, uh, you know, in London, there was a, sort of a celebration a, a few years back um, about, you know, how long it had been since his death and, and uh, you know, most a lot of our language comes from his writing and you know, i just think it's a, it, it's an extraordinary thing i mean if he if he was sitting here with us you know i wonder what his intention would have been in writing all of that those amazing stories um and and how he would think about whether that's a celebration or is it just part of who he is that he puts out in the world it's a really interesting mm. thing to think about, isn't it? Um, it yeah. 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 And, and bringing that back to ourselves as individuals, listeners, I mean, isn't that a great example to say, you know, what we, what we do, we do it with the right intention yeah. and the rest of the world will judge it anyway. Yeah. You know, I think once we're into that trap of doing it to be liked or to be popular or to be, you know, all these so-called positives, we're on a very slippery downward slope. And that's why I believe, I mean, certainly from my own point of view, and I think a lot of other people, they just learn to say, look, I'm not being arrogant. I'm not being disrespectful. But what you think of me is none of my business and I could not care less. And it's having that that inner resolve to know, and I've said before, to know who you deeply are you know, warts and all, human frailties, everything that goes with it, the whole shooting match, and accepting that and saying, do you know what, despite everything, you know, and I, and I you know, I have this as part of my, uh, my affirmations and, um, you know, I'm getting a bit tired of telling myself how handsome I am, Kim. I think that's wearing a bit thin. Well, but that's probably because um, you haven't quite believed it yet. Yeah, maybe. If you're resisting. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think, yeah. I mean, it's a bit lovely to know. We might do a podcast one day, Kim, on on humour and get some feedback from our listeners. And uh, yeah, probably the overriding comment is, would we don't give up your day job, Paul? Will you? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. I mean, on that note, I think that's um, you know a really you know, a, a really good point for me to ask about. You know how. Um, I, I know we've talked a lot about how um, important it is that um, the Mastering the Game podcast and some of the other things that we're working on together are about creating sort of a community and, a, and um, you know, an empowered community. Um, but, you know, these podcasts, even though there's, you know, there's two people and you have lots of guests, they're not terribly interactive for listeners. Are they? No. So I, I, no. I don't know. I haven't thought about that before, but I was just reflecting on some of our, um, some of the intentions we've talked about today and, and what we've talked about outside the podcast about more engaging. So, I mean, maybe there's an opportunity uh, we need to look at for, you know, asking you the listeners about, you, you know, what you like, what you don't like, how you'd like to be involved, engage. I, I'm not quite sure. What do you think, Paul? 
yeah, I think I took it a stage further straight away and say, you know, get in touch and say you'd like to come on. I mean, you know, the normal, well, certainly in the earlier days, uh, I mean, what's normal? The new normal, everybody's <laughs> pushing that particular phrase out there, aren't they? Um, you know, in the earlier days, the the invitations were, I was going to say deliberate, but they weren't deliberate because... I didn't, in the early days, it was a case of, and I mean this in the most respectful way, I didn't really know who to invite. And it's like, well, let me invite everybody then because everybody's got a story to tell. And I still believe that to be true now. And that's, for me, the Mastering the Game of Life podcast, Kim, and, and books and, and whatever. You know, when people talk about equality, I'm all, I'm always very mindful of labels and buzzwords that people throw around and, you know, I used to write to corporate social re responsibility policies for for organisations. And so, you know, I know the key words to say when putting pen to paper or even expressing it verbally. And there's this whole kind of let's play the game, isn't there? And, oh, we've got to say that because, and you'll know more about this, Kim, from the corporate world where, you know, these buzzwords, you've got to be seen to be saying this. I don't know if that's still prevalent now, but I know a few years ago it was very much the... Uh, you know, the Vogue. Um, so for me, there's this whole thing around equality. Okay, so what does that mean? It means that people that come on this podcast, and I've, and I've used this, this turn of phrase before, and I use it many times, young, old, black, white, gay, straight, rich, poor, labels, don't care. So get in touch and come on, you know, and let's talk about, you know, there's been people on this podcast that have um, Richard Gerver, who I've done two or three podcasts with. Um, Richard Gerver has been on stage with Barack Obama. He's been on stage with Nobel Peace uh, Prize winners, you know, the, the great and the famous. The guy was a head teacher in, uh, in the next town down from me. That's how I met him nearly 20 years ago. We did an eco uh, sensory garden for, for kids in his primary school with special needs. Um, so, you know, and, you know, conversely, there's people on here that most people may not have, have even heard of. And that's fine. That for me, that's equality. The key thing is we've all got a story to tell and we've all got a lesson to share. And, you know, yet again, Kim, I use that very polarized example of the great Martin Luther King when he made his infamous speech all those years ago. I have been to the promised land. You know, I've stood on the shoulders of giants and, and you know, obviously was assassinated the next day. So you've got Martin, Martin Luther at one extreme and then at the other extreme, you've got the proverbial little old lady that's very softly spoken, very frail. But she wants she wants to tell she wants to share her story or his story. And that's fine. Equally to me, they are both game changing people. They are both game changing people. But media, particular social media being what it is nowadays, it would only recognise one of those scenarios. There are exceptions, of course, when, you know, um, people do things out of the ordinary. But generally, it's geared to the um, those who shout loudest and have got big social media followings. The fact that they're talking a load of tripe actually becomes secondary. And I think that's very sad, personally. It is. I think that, you know... Um in a world where it's difficult for people to trust what they hear. I think mm. that's why we thirst for stories about other people. Um, and I, and I use the word stories deliberately because yes, we all have a story, but we all have many stories um, mm. or, you know, all through our life, all through, you know, our weeks and days, and they can be stories that are moments. They can be stories over years. Um, you know, my mum tells the story of, you know, a, a little girl who, who was born very ill and that sort of thing. Now, that went over a couple of years. Now, that's not my story anymore. You know, it's been years and years and years and years. Um, but mm. it's funny, she, that story is very a very powerful one for her, even though I was the child. So, you know, she's got lots of other stories. And, and I think everybody, everybody has has all sorts of stories to tell. So I would also um, say uh, it's great fun. Um, Paul is a very generous 
host um, and <laughs> obviously because I've just pushed him out of the chair um, and I've been around a while but you know my first podcast I'd not I think I'd done one podcast interview with someone I knew before and I you know it, it was really my first experience of um, you know talking to someone I uh, I didn't know but also it wasn't pre-planned as Paul said at the start of this podcast um, you know when he started he did these eight pages of notes and 12 13 minutes and all that sort of thing was super prepared and then he threw it all out the window because he just went it's not me and one of the things for me in doing my first podcast with you Paul as in all the other ones was that there was a trust about not really having to be prepared you know, we had a bit of a longer discussion than we would normally have about the topic and what we're going to talk about. But um, there's a there's a lovely space here. We, you know, we talk about um, being on the dance floor and experiencing the dance. And sometimes it's just about where the music takes you. So I, I would also add um, as a, you know, as a podcast E, <laughs> as, as someone who's been interviewed, um, you know, maybe this is maybe this is a little personal milestone for you. Maybe there's a story that you've longed to tell. And this could be a way, a first step for you to tell it. Wow, what a great segue um, invitation that is. Blimey, talk about get your own back, about putting me on the spot. You've done that with whistles and bells on, Kim. Well, do my best. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Tw twint nothing yeah twint yeah nothing. it's okay um well it's you know it is that thing about where it leads now talking about where it leads we've kind of gone all over the all over the shop we started with milestones and intentions and celebrations and we've come through pots of gold and moments and now we're talking about people coming and telling their stories so let's just wrap things up wrap the conversation up so what how um what have you taken from this conversation, Paul, that you'd like to sort of leave with listeners? So if the listeners were going to go away and, and do something with what they heard today, what would you love them to do? Beautiful and simple answer is when we've, you know, bring, to bring it right back and focus on the theme of milestones, spoke about quantitative, i.e. numeric milestones, you know, 250, um, and, and, you know, and the numbers, et cetera, et cetera. I'd like to switch that focus to a qualitative, qualitative milestone. You know, that from the heart, that unknown, that unpredictable, that uncertain, that whole where the courage comes in, where the faith comes in, go out there where only the brave deer not go. And that would be my battle cry, Kim, as, as you know, because, you know, you've got to know me quite well now, um, I feel. And that, listeners, is what I would echo to the outside world because it's a life that I live now. I go out there. I don't play safe because there's no growth in that and there's no growth in that for any of us. And that's, I hope that doesn't come across as being judgmental. But I also know from the thousands of conversations I have with people how unhappy they are by playing safe. So to me, in that qualitative milestone, I wrap it up by bringing in another number. And it's the late, great Dr. Stephen Covey's Ninth Habit. And this is what's been built now through World Game Changers when he says, quite simply, leave the world a better place than it was when you got here. And I think if we follow that guiding light in our lives, individually and collectively, then the world will definitely, definitely be a brighter place for all of us. What a wonderful place to, to finish our conversation, Paul. So, listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in and listening to me um, chase Paul around the dance floor again. Um, I've managed to catch him on a few occasions. Paul, I hope you've enjoyed this dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I need a rest. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and you know, um, we 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 have had a longer dance today. So um, yeah. you know, if you'd like to, um, you know, get in touch, leave us a note. Let us know what you thought. It was a bit longer than normal. Um, it's a bit switched up. You know, host and guest. Uh, we've talked about a number of um, different things, but we'd really like to engage with you and hear, you know, hear your thoughts on on mastering the game of life. So um, Paul, perhaps you could talk about how they can get in touch 
on mastering the game of life and world game changes? Yes, well, world game changes is being developed. There is a there is an email uh, attached to that, which is ask at worldgamechanges.org, or one word. So that's ask at worldgamechanges.org. Um, or just reach out to me, uh, Paul at Paul hyphen low with an E dot com. Uh, all my contact details are in the podcast show notes and all my social media feeds and all the bits and pieces. So, um, you know, and my website by the same name, as I say. So, you know, I don't think I'm difficult to find. But uh, as you say, Kim, I mean, it'd be great to, to have some feedback. And, you know, I don't know. I think we need to really start looking, you know, when we talk about intentions, start sort of going to the four corners of the world now and and these you know that dare I say that proverbial little old lady that's sitting in some some quiet part of Australia now there's a thought Kim. <laughs> do there's a thought do we know a mother for example at the risk of you know being selective over gender that's sitting in Australia somewhere that would love to just a thought and I leave my case there Okay, right. I feel like you've just kicked the ball over to me and I might just go and see what I can do with that. Um, so again, thanks, uh, Paul, for being such a great guest, actually. It's been a fantastic um, conversation, the way, the way it's gone. Uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Um, uh, my name's Kim Hamer, in case you've forgotten from the top part of the, the podcast. Um, I've been um, a guest, of course, for quite some time. So you'll find all my details um, in the various show notes uh, is the easiest way to find me if you want to get in touch. But again, um, you know, we really invite you to, um, you know, get in touch, uh, look at World Game Changers, um, get in touch with Paul. Um, and let's hear what you're, what you're looking for what you're looking for. So I'm going to sign off there. And I've been dying to say this, Paul. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Remember, listeners, mastering the game of life begins with our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have He'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts.